0: Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing?
1: Um, Not great. Oh, no. Why is that? (laughs) I'm not entirely happy. We're not using our normal computer, which is my fault. We are not. Um, It's clearly recording, but I am getting no playback in the headphones. That's really annoying. But I don't think there's anything I can do to fix it right now, so I'm just going to eyeball this.
0: I see the... uh, I, a- I, everything's I registering. The, yeah, everything looks to be good. Alright. So, so we're 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 flying blind here. Um but uh I need to get my, my personal laptop repaired because this is a thing that I deal with every week. <laughs> uh ever uh, for the last uh four weeks or so. So, so it's very um, frustrating.
1: Final episode of twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um so how are you? How was your out. Christmas?
0: And my Christmas was pretty great, okay. honestly. I just hung out with uh Friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and his uh, fiance and just me and Jen. So the four of us just hung out all day and uh, played played games and made breakfast and all that. It was really great. It was a really low-key day, which I like. Fantastic. Absolutely. Did you get anything cool? What was that? Did you get anything cool? I got a bunch of cool stuff. My Riddler shelf is now full, and I have a choice to make. (laughs) <laughs> I can put up another Riddler shelf like it's That's my vote. I did not know that there was this much Riddler stuff in the world, including Well they keep
1: making it cuz you keep buying it.
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, maybe I'm their best customer cuz I'm sure it's all just one company. Um but yeah, <laughs> Riddler Inc. <laughs> uh and then I got a I got a bunch of movies. I got more movies than uh I expected to, mm-hmm. but I always put them on my list, so I don't know. Movies are easy to easy to buy.
1: My wife got me uh, to hang in our dining room, mm-hmm. um, uh, framed a, a, a map, right? Mm-hmm. It's called the film map. It okay. looks like the map of a city. Okay. But when you look, you realize all the landmarks and all the street names are movie titles. Oh, okay. So, like, there's a lake in the middle called Reservoir Dogs. Yes. You know, and there's a, one of the theaters is the Cinema Paradiso. You know, There's I a, see. there's a pub called The World's End. <clears throat> Okay, all that sort of thing it's really really cool and, and I feel like I've looked at it for like an hour or two and I still feel like I keep noticing things that's great I
0: love stuff like that yeah it's really awesome see that's that's how you know she knows you.
1: yeah cause I didn't ask for that yeah I didn't like send her a link um anyway I also got a Zanku t-shirt uh Zanku chicken t-shirt uh people locals will know what that is um I barely know what that is that's you would like it is it? I think I
0: probably would
2: because chicken,
1: here's the thing I like chicken because you have your weird, you're a weird picky eater,
0: right? You're you doing, are. Are you're doing that on purpose. You are a weird. The term me. is super taster, not weird picky oh, eater. Okay,
1: um, but you're but there are people who are super tasters who fight through it or what have you, or use it to their advantage. You know, with great power comes great responsibility is what I'm told. I guess what so. I'm saying is you would like Zanku chicken because they give you everything <clears throat> separate and let so you can mix it oh. together or not if you choose not. I like that. You could just have your roast chicken. You know, and a little bit of pita, if you like pita bread. I don't know if you do. Um, I like pita chips. Okay. (laughs) This is like that, but softer. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's pay some bills. You've lost
0: me. (laughs) Okay. So, all right. Excuse me, everybody. Uh, The cold that I had uh, is mostly gone, but the cough is hanging on. It's very frustrating. So, okay. Hold on. One second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. This episode is sponsored by MUBI. A cure. Maybe the sponsor doesn't like the uh, that uh, right before we do the Wait, ad, no, you're, you're popping right. open a beer.
1: I think movie you can crack open a beverage of any uh, of your choice. That's true, as long as you're you know you're not watching while driving, and that's doubly dangerous.
0: Yeah, um, and it distracts from the film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you can watch any movie with any beverage. I guess so. we're all adults here.
0: I guess it's just kind of I like the idea that we're I like the the idea that we're giving. Uh, Oh, my. Go on. Okay. That we're just doing the ads just completely intoxicated. (laughs) Right. You know what I like, David? not the case. You know what I'm a big fan of? So, okay. I've never been drunk. I assume that's how things sound. (laughs) That's fair. All right. (laughs) We have a guest, as you can tell. Oh, indeed, yes. This episode is sponsored by MUBI a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films... To enjoy all for only four ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a lot of great movies available right now. Among them, Fernando De Leo's *The Boss*: the story of a mob hit that leaves every member of a mafia family dead except for one, who goes looking for revenge, starring Henry Silva. Uh, I've not seen the film, but it sounds really good, so I wanted to talk great, about it. Uh, so there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try MUBI free for a month. Just go to MUBI.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Okay, so. How's everything looking?
1: Um, the... Uh, the the Crisis the, averted? I don't know. The application is act, acting weird, but everything seems to be going... Okay.
0: As, as I mentioned, we're on a different computer than usual. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry, everybody. We're flying blind. But... This this isn't WTF, you know. No, it isn't anything
1: like that. Um, Let's bring on our guest. All right. We've bullshitted long enough. We told him a few minutes. It's been nearly six. Okay. Uh, Our guest... um, Thankfully, he's laughing. I assume the... (laughs) At, not with. Uh, We met at uh, WonderCon last year through (laughs) mutual friend and friend of the show, Aaron Newworth. Um, And we endured the pilot of Salem <laughs> together at WonderCon oh, <laughs> uh, and I have since uh, followed this person on Twitter a very very enjoyable and worthwhile follow mm-hmm. um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, a, a freelance writer for awards yes. and also uh, a filmmaker in his own right which we will talk about soon
2: Terrence Johnson hello thank you for being here thanks for having me
1: Okay. Um sorry. Should we have done that soundtrack? <laughs> no. Everything's fine. Okay. Um but right. yeah, the little bit a little bit of a hiccup there. I'm sure that I'm sure that was completely seamless to the listener. There's no weird halt in the momentum. Uh, no one has any idea that we had to stop and start again. Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting. There's there've been a lot of turns of phrase that I feel like would be really good books. Like like nineteen nineties thriller books. Well, mm-hmm. Like uh, the pilot of Salem and uh, like a halt in the momentum or something like no, that. No. It just seems like like uh, something uh, like along came a spider. Yeah, sure. like <laughs> one of those uh, kind of things. Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. Ashley Judd. Yeah. And um, what was the other what was the other one that Morgan Freeman was in? Kiss the Girls. Kiss the Girls. Oh,
1: that yes. movie was awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I saw one of them, but I couldn't tell you yeah. which one. I'd have to read the descriptions again and then I might know
2: which one yeah. I saw. Well, they yeah. teamed up again for High Crimes. <laughs> With Jim Caviezel, added to the that equation, one. I, that one is probably my favorite of the
1: Jim Caviezel from Frequency, right?
2: That's the one. <laughs> That's where yes. everyone knows him from. Yeah, yeah.
1: The no. Um, all right, sorry. I was trying to remember what we did and didn't talk about. The pilot of <laughs> Salem is where we first met.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, what a
2: horrible start to a to uh, a relationship. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. we we suffered together, so <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was.
0: Yeah, like it was a, pretty good. Yeah, it's like Band of Brothers.
2: Yeah, and we watched the edited version of the pilot, so all our minds were just left to wonder about what right. what horribleness was in store when we actually saw what was occurring. You
1: see, and I still have that mental playground to myself. You actually <laughs> suffered through watching.
2: Yeah, I watched the pilot.
1: Yeah, so I get to I get to keep pretending that.
2: Yeah, what <laughs> what you're pretending is probably worse I than what so. happened. I hope so. But yeah. Uh,
1: so how how you been? I'm good. You going to WonderCon again this year?
2: I, I hope to. Trying to hit Wondercon and Comic-Con again as well. We're we're sitting here stressing out about a verification.
1: Yeah, yeah. Comic-Con makes you re-verify every 2 years. Yeah, but or I think it'll we'll be good. It doesn't. I feel like there, I feel like there's been a like a year where it's come up and they just like re-verified me. I don't know if that was a mistake on their part or if uh, they just trusted me.
0: Yeah. But so, but for so well-established an organization, they don't seem to be organized that well.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Oh, We're sorry. trying to be in the good here.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I've
2: already been verified, so I'm <laughs> I can say what I want. <laughs> I will uh I won't say that you're wrong.
1: <laughs> so, um let's talk about uh I I want I want to talk about uh I well, I mentioned your uh, your Twitter feed being very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because I like to follow you along while you're live tweeting shows that I don't watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, I, I only recently started following you on Twitter mm-hmm. and I, I, I had like a, like a, a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a, a re just, I'll just say a reaction. Cause mm-hmm. as I saw you live tweeting things, I was just like, if he's, if he's tweeting, he's not watching. <laughs> what's, what and then, and then, and I didn't even know. And then I try to follow the the feedback a little uh-huh. bit, and try to figure out what show is this? what it is. And sometimes <laughs> it's too far back, and I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. So, and, but then based, and it's like, well, based on these tweets, I feel like maybe that maybe he's doing this to maintain his own sanity.
2: Yeah, I think the last thing I live well live tweeted late was Peter Pan live, mm. uh, which I enjoyed more than I thought I would. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what I'm kind of becoming known for. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun being on Twitter while TV shows are airing, and you can see what people are saying about them.
1: But now, the, you, Tyler and I are sitting here. The mm-hmm. listeners, you're you're a very soft-spoken person. Yes. Right. But in your in your Twitter feed, yeah, this computer isn't going to work. Okay, sorry. This <laughs> is going to keep happening. <laughs> just flying blind. In your Twitter feed, you are often shouting. <laughs> or, or, yes or, or laughing out loud
2: mm-hmm. or,
1: or doing things that in my brief time knowing you i don't associate with you yeah. public persona
2: well if you were watching with a tv show or a movie like with me in the room okay i, I would probably be shouting <laughs> equally as loud but yes do not <laughs> it's yeah I, twitter is where like all of my emotions go when now, i'm dealing with these things
1: do you watch abc's nashville I do not. I feel like that's the show you got to watch mm-hmm. to live tweet.
2: It okay. become,
1: like It started off as this, like, it was critically acclaimed the first when it, when it started. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it was Callie Corey who had written *Film and Louise, like, coming to <clears throat> television and telling this sort of tapestry about uh, the, the interlocking stories about women in the country music business. It was really interesting. And then it went through a really dull period where it ran out of stories and was still trying to be serious Mm-hmm. Um and then at one point, a woman, a character, had a miscarriage. Okay. Didn't tell her her fiance because she wanted him to still marry her. Oh jeez. And then once they got married, <laughs> she went to a butcher and bought pig's blood and faked the miscarriage after they were married. Oh God! The show took that as. It's inspiration going forward. Like this is the kind of show we are now.
2: Oh wow! And now okay. it's such a blast. That, yeah, that that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a, a show that is on ABC. <laughs> yeah. Um, well,
0: that's basically that's basically a, a soap opera, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And Euro and David, you're okay to continue watching it.
1: I I enjoy it. The, <laughs> there was there was a point like I used to talk with my old old co-host sean when i did previously Mm. on about those shows that like when you turn on your dvr and you see you have one there's a part of you that's like i guess i like i'm committed i have to watch this but i'm not and then there are shows that you see on your dvr and you're like all right like i have a new episode and you know for a while in season two nashville was that former thing it was like "Ah, i guess i'm still watching this for now but now i'm excited to watch new episodes of nashville for what it's worth
0: okay I mean, what is it worth? <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I guess that's the question.
1: Well, I, think, <laughs> I think it's worth a live tweet if I uh, if Fair I could enough. get into doing that. I yeah.
2: Maybe I should. Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes you know you can't say all you want to the characters because you're not the writer of the show, so you just tweet it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do just say it out loud.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely do that as well.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, most of the time when I'm watching Nashville, I'm just going. Oh Juliet, That's, uh, is that Hayden Panettiere? Hayden <laughs> okay. Just, oh,
2: oh Juliet, what, um, what
1: are we
0: gonna do with you? Yeah, because
1: she's supposed to be like Taylor Swift famous on the mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. Um, and she at one point uh, her ex boyfriend and the father of her she's pregnant the father of a child her ex boyfriend was uh, having a meeting to he's a producer to produce another woman's country album right and they were meeting at like a music festival and uh uh juliet to spy on her ex-boyfriend to make sure he's not not something romantic going on with this woman wrapped herself up like a bag lady and got on a rascal and like <laughs> drove around this like music festival like hiding behind tents and like peeking at it. can you imagine if taylor swift did that <laughs>
0: I cannot. I yeah. <laughs> cannot imagine that.
1: Okay. I, man, I, oh, I feel man. like I've sold this show enough. Now everyone yeah. is going to want to watch. You
0: have made your sale, Nashville. admittedly, yes. Yeah. Um so.
1: so uh that's your Twitter feed. Uh tell us about your writing for you know, your Twitter bio describes you as a freelance writer. Mm-hmm. Most of your writing is done for awardcircuit.com.
2: Uh yeah, I contributed at awardcircuit.com doing I took like a break. Uh, to shoot a movie which i guess we'll talk about a little later um but i do a lot of tv stuff oscars um i have my own site com, where What's i took so like my twitter handle but with a dot com um and where i talk about any and everything that comes to mind i'm sort of i've settled into a tv groove there now uh-huh. um which is nice
1: what is the best tv show of 2014
2: Oh man, I just uh, the Good Wife really? is still number one for me. Um,
1: I'm behind. I'm I've watched three seasons so far.
2: Um, oh, you haven't even years behind. Uh, you haven't even gotten to the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I love what I've seen.
2: Yeah, it's the really, really good stuff is coming later. Um, and I really, I just finished Outlander. Oh yeah, which I, I loved. That. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: you know, there was a certain there was a certain fan base for Outlander who was really into the pilot mm-hmm. and then felt like. I thought we were promised sex and there's long stretches of that show yeah. that's that by there there are people who have complained that Outlander is dull. And I disagree.
2: Oh, and, I totally disagree. Oh, I think ahead. that it's I mean, you what did they want? They got sex the seventh episode was the yeah. wedding episode was nothing but sex. I, and I think that's
1: that's the way the show Ronald D. Moore like hit it off. He said up, Okay, this is a romance story and we'll have like some hot sex in the first episode. Yeah. And then <laughs> well now, I think about sexual tension for yeah because it's it's like and then literally like a 35 it's like
2: a, it's like a romance sci-fi yeah. fantasy historical epic tv show and, and feminist yes all of all of so those nice. things thrown into one um and yeah i loved it uh there were like the the sort of the i guess their mid-season finale wasn't my favorite because, i
1: didn't like the cliffhanger
2: yeah i thought it was a weird weird place to end but If you're interested in, like, just character stories, like, when they go around to try and rally the clans to get money, it's, like, a really interesting look at politics. Um, Yeah, yeah. Stuff that you'd see on House of Cards on a different scale, but back in, like, the 1800s. So it's pretty cool. Let me ask you this. What is the, in your opinion, the worst show of 2014?
0: Sounds like you watch a lot of TV. Uh, That's a good one. The worst I don't like to dwell on negativity.
2: I'll disqualify the leftovers because I didn't finish that one. Okay. But probably True Blood, which hurts my heart to say because I'm, I'm a True Blood fan since day one. Um, I have like the t-shirt and like the first four seasons on DVD. But yeah, True Blood went out with a whimper. If you want to talk about going out with a whimper, that was a bad, bad, bad season of TV. And it's, and it's the last season? It was the final season, yeah. That's, Not good. That's unfortunate.
1: It happens a lot, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, they just... It they was
1: ending on the worst season.
2: They ran into um, issue about season five where they started really going away from the source material because they wanted to carve out their own path, but it's like you have the material there, mm-hmm. you can differ a bit because they changed up like quite a few things. They didn't use as many characters as are in the actual... Uh, novels by Charlene Harris, but once they started going far away from it, they could never get back to what yeah. made the series good, so true blood unfortunately
0: but i but I do feel like you disqualify the leftovers because you didn't finish it, mm-hmm. but I think the fact that you didn't finish it yeah.
2: probably speaks volumes i I got through the first two episodes and I just could not continue uh that. Me and Damon Lindelof are not the closest of friends, <laughs> uh, so I, and I don't know what's happened because he was decent, and now he's doing Tomorrowland, and I'm scared. Uh, but yeah, Your hopes I, aren't up for tomorrow. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't really a fan of the leftovers, sort of staying in that grim, grim, grim setting. And I wonder how long that show is going to be able to continue. Um, because how how much longer are they going to be able to keep that mystery? of like what happened and what's going to happen Mm -hmm. uh i'd be i'm interested to see how long he can keep it going but i don't think i'll be watching
1: (laughs) no i'm trying to think what i think the worst show is because i think i i tend to if i'm not enjoying a show Uh nashville notwithstanding yeah i tend to just bail but as far as shows uh i think i still watch web therapy every time it's on showtime just because i'm almost like I, I'm like they're still they're still making these. This is season <laughs> four of Web Therapy. It's never been good, and yet they're still making them, and they still get huge stars. I think that's part of the reason. It's like probably. Meryl Streep was on last season. and oh, wow. on this season, and uh, lots of lots of huge stars. Do
0: you think they get but big stars because it doesn't really require a lot of them? I think okay. that's a big part of it.
1: Uh, and everyone likes Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Um. But I think the show that's on right now american horror story this season I
2: can't oh understand. yeah i stopped still, watching
1: i i don't blame you my, my wife and i are just like i guess we're seeing this seeing this through but we were like just last week we were like how is this only episode 10 it feels like this has been on for a
0: year at this
2: yeah point. that's it's, this is the freak show season yeah right? okay and that's like murder house is clearly the best of the seasons uh, i know people like Asylum, but I think I think the first season was best because we didn't know that everybody was going to die at the end Uh yet. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, one thing I will say about this season, as opposed to Coven, Mm -hmm. is that this season, when they kill someone off, they stay dead. The uh, big, yeah. Like the big complaint a lot of people had, including me, with Coven is that everyone who died came back. Yes, that's true. Uh, and that was really because they were witches, and they could apparent they could just raise people from the dead. So almost everyone who died came yeah. back. Yeah, and, and Ryan,
2: Ryan Murphy does this all the time, especially with the like with American Horror Story. Like the season starts off great, like Twisty the Clown, uh-huh. Dandy sort of rise was really really great, still and then doing the
1: Dandy
0: storyline,
2: and then just I don't know. I stopped watching because I got really busy, and then I never sort of was enticed to come back by what people were saying about yeah. the the episode so it's tough
1: if you could just if someone would just cut together dandy only stuff mm-hmm. uh it would be it would be good and he's i'm really this guy finn whitrock sort of came out of nowhere i didn't yeah. see, apparently he was in the normal heart was he in that yeah apparently i didn't see that he
2: played one of he was somebody's boyfriend okay um, I don't and that know was Ryan who, Murphy. Yeah.
1: So he cast from American Horror Story, but he's also in Unbroken. Yeah. Um, which is not great, but he's great in it. Mm-hmm. Did you see Unbroken?
2: I'm seeing that on the Sunday. Okay. After we record this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry to, it's not that great.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm hearing, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, he's, he's he's awesome. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, let's, let's talk about, Oh, you know what I was going to say? Speaking of uh, final seasons, not being that good mm-hmm. on HBO. You were just talking about The Wire. I was. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me that the final season is kind of a, I don't know, kind of a
0: a swing and a miss,
2: I think. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, I
0: I think we could say it's the weakest season of all of them. It still has episodes and storylines that are very compelling, but it's still just like, I don't know, like the newspaper stuff doesn't really work that well for me. I wonder, like, if they had continued the show and then the is just one more part of it, mm-hmm. uh, then I think I'd be more okay with it. But as it is, like, this is the last season, guys. Uh, yeah. I, I understand that you, you add a different thing every season, but, like, it's the last season, and now you are asking us to be invested in these people, and I'm mostly not. Yeah
1: yeah the time they picked the most the most contrived and TV ish storyline yeah. you know, for the final season yeah but anyway, that's not the point what I want to talk about is before we started recording, you were talking about watching the newly remastered, remastered yes. uh, the wire in sixteen by nine which is not how it was intended no I haven't watched that because I said I wouldn't
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah stay strong <laughs> <laughs> but
1: what are your what are your thoughts on what you saw
2: um well it's it's interesting to watch anything that shot in one format and seeing it again in another mm-hmm. um i mean movies used to do that all the time with pan and scan yeah. uh which i hate if i get an old movie and i see I, my my original copy of west side story was pan and scanned and i like almost had a heart attack when i found out and then i got the blu-ray and it was back in two three five widescreen which was great um but it had did you get the blu-ray that had the
1: uh the issue with the um what do you the overture
2: uh no it was all good Okay. Yeah, so, they <laughs> they, were,
1: they recalled some.
2: Or yeah, they, no, I got it after that. Okay. Um, but the wire is. I mean, it looks. It still looks great. Like the storylines are compelling. The characters are still there. It's just a really different thing seeing it in widescreen, and you can. I mean, David Simon wrote like a really really long piece about the the transfer, and he mentioned like there's a scene in the first episode uh, that's set against like this burger shop and it's like the way they originally shot it was that you would only see so many of the words to like really like hem in sort of where they are in the space but now you see the whole space um and so it's just it's different but i mean the the characters the actors are still great um it's still an interesting watch i have to get through some more of it i only got through like the first two episodes but yeah it was it was strange because you're like oh this used to be a square and now it's a (laughs) a rectangle
1: and they're doing it with my personal favorite show of all time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as well. Oh. And that's just it's, very...
0: Okay, like, Terrence, like, your your hatred and the general hatred of film people mm-hmm. for Pan and Scan, like, that's a, ju- a justifiable hatred. Yeah. That's what this is, just in a different way. It's, yeah, it's like it's, the opposite. Yeah, it's yeah, just going the, the, the other way.
1: Audiences... Back before 16x9 TVs became the normal right. audi- like, consumers were getting used to letterboxing. And they're still getting, like, still, if a movie's in 235 mm-hmm. um, and you get the DVD or Blu-ray, you're still getting letterboxes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're watching it VOD, oftentimes 235 <coughs> movies are cropped to 16x9 hmm. or VOD or on Netflix or yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah, I just watched Cloud Atlas yesterday, and I think Cloud Atlas was shot 235, but... I was watching it in sixteen nine, so which was <laughs> it was great. I was just like this. I don't remember the frame being this big. Yeah, and it's for I can I can understand people who are upset. I don't understand why they couldn't just remaster and show it in 4.3. three. Yeah, yeah. Particularly I, with with Buffy, I don't know what. Extra stuff that is going to be on the side. Well,
1: if you've watched it on Netflix, it's yeah, mostly C stands and lighting stuff that they're going to have to go paint out, which is what yeah. they had to do with the wire too. Mm. But the the crappy versions that were thrown up on Netflix of Buffy were um, what you would call like full aperture, I guess. Like mm. they were sixteen by nine, but they <laughs> like were just showing everything the camera had had caught, and they weren't cropped to the way it was supposed yeah. to be. So there were like you could see like grips standing to the side <laughs> yeah. sometimes.
2: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're remastering Buffy because some of those older episodes do look really rough yeah, yeah. when you watch them. But yeah, I, I, I would always much rather prefer seeing it in their the way it was originally And this is what shown. I'm saying.
1: Like, I think people would get used to people aren't as stupid as like studios and networks want to treat mm-hmm. them. If, if, if people would say, Oh, there's black bars on either side of my screen because even though my screen is a certain shape, this yeah. show is from a time when screens weren't that shape. People people and, would understand that. Regular and, people would get
0: that. Yeah, and, and they're smarter and I think they're probably more forgiving. Like even if they don't make that initial connection, I think the show is still so engrossing that they yeah. would still be into it. And also okay, maybe I'm gonna get a I might get a little bit elitist here. What show do they think they're dealing with here? Like with the uh, with the wire specifically, uh-huh. like it's a show that I would venture to say smart people like.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, I would agree. And just
0: and and people that are willing to go where the mm-hmm. where the show is going, and just I don't know. It just as I get older, I as I've said on this show, I become more and more comfortable with putting. Th- the blame for almost everything, not even just with film or TV, but societally, at the feet of studios and networks, okay. and just being like, "Look, I recognize you guys are the money, and people got uh, need to get paid. I get it."
1: Mm-hmm. they're, they're so like, money, and they don't even know it.
0: Is oh, that? exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but just like but the menta- So I guess it's the mentality of the studio is like, "Oh, we're gonna digitally remaster the wire. Yeah. Great, I'm on board." You know, but don't do it too much because it's still kind of. It's meant to be kind of grainy. Yeah.
2: But then just and, it, and it's still it, <clears throat> it still, still looks <throat> kind of grainy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. And that's. But, I and guess that's, that's my question. That, that's is,
1: like, that's a, that gets to a whole other uh, issue of remastering for HD. Like, just because something's grainy doesn't mean it's like low res or whatever. Right. You know. Yeah. No. Like um,
2: they basically just went back to the original print, um, and instead of letterboxing it, they just used the actual. Uh, 35 millimeter i think they shot the early seasons on 16 and then they went to 35 at, like okay. season three so they went back to those but it's 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 still weird when you've experienced something one way like i can't imagine if gone with the wind all of a sudden uh-huh. like was released <laughs> on on screen. like i'd love to see it because i can imagine how that would look but yeah i i would be like this wasn't made this way it'd be really weird
1: yeah you would you would see like Cars going by on Washington Boulevard at the uh, <laughs> Selznick Studios. Yes, it's like that's right alongside Terra. The, anyway, um, but uh, <coughs> all right, that's enough about the wire. Um, okay, for now, I'm sure we'll get back to it. But I want to talk about your Indiegogo film, yes, uh, which is called "The Pull of the Moon."
2: The Pull of the Moon, yes.
1: Uh, tell us about it because I don't want to make any assumptions. Uh, well, because I... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here, here's what I mean. What I mean is that your description of it on Indigo- indiegogo is about werewolves and specifically uses the word alpha mm-hmm. but it doesn't specifically say that it's a teen wolf fan fiction
2: and it's definitely not there are, i okay, but i yes. associate, associate that word alpha uh-huh. with being with part, part of, the of teen, teen wolf, wolf yeah uh, mythology mm-hmm. but it's so not, you watch teen wolf uh
1: i i have watched
2: it okay i was gonna say because that that might be an interesting conversation to get into <laughs> later um yeah i i'm in film school at loyola maramount um, going for my MFA, and one of my goals coming in was to shoot a horror film, and so I was like, "This is the best movie to do it." Um, so, "The Pull of the Moon." I think the the pitch is that uh, two guys go into the woods to try and kill the alpha that bit one of them because they have to kill the alpha in order to reverse the curse. The two guys happen to be boyfriends. Um, you see in the movie, you get to see like their backstory of like when he when Jonathan, the main character, first gets bit. Uh, when xavier finds out sort of their confrontation about what to do and then the alpha werewolf fight and whether it works or not is sort of the climax of the movie
1: how far along are you
2: uh i screened it it's sort of done but not really <laughs> like it's it was done enough to to screen for our classmates um but i got to go back and work on the sound and the color we sort of ran out of time with those elements but it it's it it's really cool we shot it in two three five so sort of speaking to that, I I couldn't imagine somebody trying to go back and saying like, Oh, we want to show this in like full H D and it's like they would look terrible because it wasn't <laughs> <No, laughs> there's certain things there are, you can probably see like the the boom mic uh right, right. if you were to expand it. Um but yeah
1: greatest technology by the way. When I was in film school ten ten plus years ago. Yeah uh for a student film to be made on in in 235 is uh it w- wouldn't have been unheard of yeah it wouldn't have been possible.
2: yeah i mean it, it we shot on the canon c300 um Loyola has a really great thing where they provide their students all the equipment so we had all the well not really lights because we were shooting out in the woods um which i can talk about a little later uh it's canon c300 and we just were like we framed it up in 235 put tape on the screen so that you would see it that way because it natively shoots. 69 and then when you go in it in like an editing software you can crop it uh but yeah it was really good so i did an indiegogo for it uh which if any of you who are listening to this are thinking about trying to get money for a film that's probably the best way to go rather than kickstarter because indiegogo has flexible funding um and yeah it was that was stressful Uh (laughs) raising money yeah I, i now understand just a little bit of what like indie filmmakers go through when they are trying to get funding for a movie. Cause like you're, you're asking everybody that, you know, and people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll send you some money. And then there have been
0: people that suggest that we do like a Kickstarter or an mm-hmm. Indiegogo for this show, like to, to fund ourselves yeah. for a year rather than we used to do donation drives before mm-hmm. we had sponsors. And so, um so people are like, you should do that. And you come to realize when someone suggests that, you come to realize just how little faith you have in your <laughs> friends, family, yes. and, and
2: listeners. And just you like, didn't I, your goal. I didn't meet yeah. my goal. My yeah. goal was three thousand dollars, and I got three thousand six fifty. Watch awesome. out! Um, yeah, and it, that extra money goes right into your pocket. I had yeah. To it, it was well, that was not the full budget, but yeah, it was. It was just stressful because like you're sort of this one man show to answer all the questions about the movie, and you're constantly checking the page. And you're hoping that people will give you money. You have to find reasons for people to give you money because um, you don't just want to be begging. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've heard of podcasts doing it. I don't. It's it's, it's it'd be too tough to <laughs> try and to deal with that for a for a podcast. So I would say donation drive is probably. <laughs> Better <laughs> and thankfully we don't have to do any of that yeah. anymore because movie movie yeah curated <laughs> on
1: <laughs> oh and also uh, we should mention uh, tweakedaudio which uh, makes professional quality uh, earbuds and over the ear headphones that's right in uh, a variety of styles and colors and uh,
0: they're the over the ear headphones are black they're okay, just but they're still
1: nice very stylish stealth, stealth black I'm, I'm looking at them right now they're yeah. actually very stylish they're pretty cool um, and you can get those uh, they're already cheap uh, they're already at the low low price. I don't mean cheaply made. I mean, they're already very affordable <laughs> at tweakedaudio.com. But if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get one third off and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension.
2: See, look how I set you up for that. (laughs) Yes, thank you very much.
1: Now, um, I want to... Okay, the thing about The Pool of the Moon that... uh, Or one of many things. uh, uh, Maybe we can talk about Teen Wolf later. Yeah. but um,
0: Can we not? (laughs) (laughs)
1: But you mentioned that it's about two characters, Mm -hmm. two male characters, who are boyfriends, who are in a relationship together. And I like that that's not the focus. Like, it's not... You're not doing it as, here's a gay horror movie. Yeah. Right? But... There shouldn't be said for as 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 popular and as strong a subgenre as horror is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that there's a, a, probably an underrepresentation there, yeah, in general as there is across all media to mm-hmm. some extent. But um, was that a conscious thing?
2: Um, you know? Not really. Okay. <laughs> it's it's like it, it it ended up the more I the further I got along in the writing process and people sort of mentioned it to me. I thought about it, but I mean originally the original pitch for the movie like in my writing class was just going to be a guy goes out to the woods to kill himself because he's, he's going to commit suicide because he's killed somebody one night when he turned into a werewolf. And I was like, that's boring. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be nothing but like a chase and then somebody killing themselves. And so I was like, what can make this interesting? And I was like, well, if you throw the romantic angle and I was like, what if some, there's somebody else sort of in this equation and how are they relating to it? And that's just how it, it spawned. And yeah, they just became boyfriends and I wrote it. And people started, they were like, oh, like this could be really interesting. And at the screening, somebody mentioned that it was, it's definitely a genre, like horror is an interesting genre to tell stories um, because you can use horror elements to sort of represent societal things. So many, many people will tell you that this is a movie about uh, somebody who's afraid to come out. Uh, Other people will tell you that it's a movie about AIDS and HIV I will probably tell you that I didn't think of any of of those things while I was writing it, but I'm glad that it sort of stands for that because that's what I wanted to do when I made the movie. I didn't just want to make something uh, that was just like werewolves running around. I wanted to have a little weight, but yeah, I wish there were more sort of LGBT uh, stories in horror. That would be great.
0: You know, there's, uh, and I still haven't seen Stranger by the Lake, but I hear that's wonderful. David loved it.
1: Yeah, it's not really a horror movie.
0: No, but it's it's a genre, but it is a genre, a genre piece. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's
1: fantastic. I think a lot of people are putting it on their lists this year, but I saw it in 2013. It was on my top ten of 2013.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was. It was, and yeah, Mm -hmm. this year thing. Not just you, but with everyone now, I'm just confused. Yeah, I I just I I go by the year it
2: was released in the U.S.
0: That's that is what I do. Like I saw Lock last night and it's officially and i put it i went into my letterbox and i put it on my 2014 list so i type in lock and it says in parentheses 2013 i'm like don't fuck with me (laughs) i'm trying to trying to do something here but so uh, what are you saying about stranger by the lake well just uh it is interesting um i do uh, like you were saying horror and i would say just genre in general Mm -hmm. is something that can allow people to kind of layer on these things that because at this point i think you know like gay characters or or whatever in like a drama or a mm-hmm. comedy like which are not necessarily genre like that we're we've we're growing accustomed to that yes, but the idea of I mean, people could say, oh yeah, the gay werewolf movie yeah, you know, in the same way that for a while they said the gay cowboy movie about Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. like anytime you take like iconography that people already know about and are very familiar with and then you can you add in almost anything that any any subculture uh, suddenly, People are reading termen- yeah. reading tons of stuff into it because they're not used to it, and I think that's. And I'm not saying that's against them. I'm saying that's a great thing. That's why yeah. I love horror and and genre in general. Did you see Stranger? Like? I did.
1: Did you? Uh, no, I. Tyler's just making me think about my reading of that <laughs> movie and whether I'm imposing it on because I thought that it was sort of saying that because uh, the culture sort of sequesters the gay community mm-hmm. and they're cloistered, therefore they're at more Risk of you know internal sort of predators yes. because they're cut off from the rest of society. They don't mm-hmm. have the method of of help. They can't go to the institutions. Yeah, uh, and I read it like that, and I don't know if now I'm starting to wonder if I just no. That's it I, de- it. I
2: No, I definitely think I read it as like an HIV/AIDS allegory of like sort of the predator in the community, and maybe that's like a pre pre sort of like in the 80s so like pre angels in america type (laughs) uh storyline but yeah that's how i i sort of read it but you know it it is interesting to to use the genre to tell stories i mean like sci-fi does that all the time i I just think like you just talking in district nine popped into my head Hmm. and like i think neil blomkamp has been like no this isn't Apartheid, and we're like Neil, like we (laughs) (laughs) we know that's what you meant (laughs) when you when you had them sequestered in these shanty towns and called them prawns and all that. So yeah, it's a it's it was really cool to make this movie, um, to be able to tell the story with the characters. It's definitely something I maybe will look to in the in the future to do. But yeah, that was it was a cool experience.
1: So um, you're you're making the pull of the moon, or you have made it Mm -hmm. um as part of a. Uh, schooling yes. i guess but will you be making it available at some point
2: uh i probably will um i gotta go i gotta give my indiegogo sponsors uh the video first right after we go back and fix some of the issues um but yeah i hope to submit it to festivals uh and then hopefully have it online there's a trailer sort of on my sort of on the internet somewhere <laughs> uh for the movie <laughs> it's it's probably in my twitter feed someplace uh but yeah, you can probably see the trailer and get a hint of what all might be taking place.
1: Fantastic. Um, all right, I'm going to make a very unsmooth transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we talked about uh, we t- talked about Unbroken, and we t- mentioned that this is the last episode of 2014 that we're mm-hmm. doing. Um, now that longtime Battleship retention listeners know that that means we're kicking off on the podcast and the website, a full, like, two months of year-end review leading up to yeah. the Oscars. Once the yeah, year so. is over,
2: that's when we start talking
0: about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: A lot I of mean, that's the, their... that's the way you should do it. I, right. I agree. Um, give it time. Give the year time to settle. Exactly.
1: But I want to put you on the spot because mm-hmm. you're working on your year-end stuff. Uh-huh. Can you tell us what some of your uh, favorite movies of the year were?
2: Um, I can give you a few. Uh, Foxcatcher.
1: I'm glad that's okay. Already, I'm going to stop you because I also, it is currently in my top 10. Well, Uh things will be shifted, I'm sure. I'm not sure if it'll stay there, but it's Foxcatcher is currently in my top 10. There's a lot of backlash, a lot of people didn't like Foxcatcher.
2: Yeah, which I find really, really strange. Maybe it's because it's so chilly. I told, I described it to somebody as it was like the just being oppressed Uh for two hours (laughs) because the movie is just, it's so bleak. And dark, but it's, it is. But, but it's, it's also bleak in like great ways.
1: But there's a lot of, like it's also darkly funny in a lot yes, of ways. Too. Very and comedic. Can, not. Uh, I'm gonna pre. You know, disclaimer here. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying Foxcatcher is as good as There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. But There Will Be Blood is a movie that I didn't laugh that much at the first time I see saw it. Every time I watch There Will Be Blood, I laugh more. Yeah. Because it's just I'm like I'm used to it, but it keeps getting like seeming stranger and stranger. And I feel like Foxcatcher is a movie that will have that kind of uh that kind of reputation where yeah. i watch it i'll find like because he's just so when he's like demonstrating wrestling moves yeah that's a great scene um that's uh it's, have you seen fox Ketcher? i have yes okay that's it's not really funny funny it's sad yeah it's there's
0: a there's a sadness to that scene yes but
1: if i bet i'll bet if i kept watching it i'd laugh more every time and yeah. of course there are then there's some overtly funny stuff like him saying horses are stupid when he's drunk <laughs> that's very funny uh, anyway, so I just, uh, yeah, I'm glad I that, it. That, uh, that you're a fellow Fox catcher fan, Tyler.
0: You know what? I don't love it, but I had a conversation with somebody uh, a few days ago in which I was describing the film to him and I locked into a thing just in my description that made me think about the film more, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, competing father figures, um, or rather competing, uh, authority figures. Yes. Um, and cause I was talking with, um, front of the show jason eakin about the film uh channing tatum gets slapped twice uh, mm-hmm. in the film by two different people and one it's pure contempt and the other it's com- it's love yeah and it's just such and just little things like that uh and just thinking about it from that standpoint and it got me thinking about the structure of the film and uh and i came to appreciate it a great deal more mm-hmm. so okay.
1: So, but what I take away from that is you're saying there's a way that you can slap a person that says, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. You know what? That's I will result. see if I can uh, make it work with you on this episode. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs>
1: uh, what else? What
2: else? Um, loved Boyhood. I saw it at yeah. Sundance and it has not left my mind. Um, I loved Captain America Winter Soldier. That's the movie I've watched the most <laughs> uh, this year like i I can always go back and enjoy that um under the skin I
1: didn't see mm-hmm. it yet
2: yeah I did, oh like under the skin on a big screen is pretty awesome like it it okay, or just on a blu ray you just need the highest quality okay. available
0: I do feel like it because I watched it on blu ray mm-hmm. and of co- and it's gorgeous, and one of the first thoughts that I had was I wish I had seen this in the theater because yeah. there are i mean there are scenes in the film where you're looking at just blackness and just mm-hmm. somebody in the midst of blackness yeah. and to be in a, in a theater that is just completely black as well. and Because f- at that point, you have to feel like, well, I feel like I'm kind of floating now, yeah, too. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, I bet it's Was great. it shot
1: on film or <clears throat> uh, digital? Uh,
0: I don't actually I'm know. Not sure. okay. I'm not
1: sure. I'm not going to look it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't try and look <laughs> it up on that computer. It'll blow up. And
1: don't try to look things... This is the complete tangent, but the IMDb app obviously i use it a lot cuz you need to mm-hmm. but the 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 phone app the mobile app for imdb does not have the full functionality it does not uh, no. sometimes there are very specific <laughs> things like that i don't think i could look up i don't know if the technical specs are on there i'd have to go to the desktop version mm-hmm. to look that up yeah i find that
0: annoying that is off putting the app needs to just be a different like just a a, a smaller version of the of the website
1: yeah and like <laughs> uh like a tv actor on the website on the desktop version It'll say, like, this person was on this show for so many episodes, and you can expand it to see the list of every episode they were yes. in. On the app, it just says how many episodes, but if you try to click on it, it just takes you to the site for that show. It doesn't oh, tell you that breakdown. Anyway, <laughs> it, it, it irks me. Yeah. That's completely <laughs> beside the point.
0: Now, what was it about uh, Under the Skin specifically that made you... Actually, uh, yeah, we'll go with that, and then I'll follow up on Captain mm-hmm. America. Under the Skin, you you loved it.
2: I loved it. it... And it was just so... I remember, because I'm not really the weirder a movie is probably the, the less <laughs> I will like it. Um, but it was just an interesting journey and I didn't know where I, it was going. And I think what really made me like, it was that first scene where you're in the, in the room filled with darkness and you see what happens and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like what is going on? And Glazer just sort of keeps that up and it's the score is really great. That yeah. that's one, the best way for to keep me in a film is if the music yeah um big film music fan which we were talking about i've watched cloud atlas with my mother and i can still like pinpoint the specific parts of the score that i loved. she didn't like the movie but
1: <laughs> that's too bad
2: but yeah but i did fan. um so did yeah you I,
1: see, speaking of cloud atlas did you see the gambler i did the when he's running at the end it's the m83 song from the cloud atlas trailer and i've watched that trailer so many times <laughs> in my life that i can't divorce
0: myself yeah
1: myself from it anyway that's not important um but did you like The Gambler? No,
2: I w- I want, not, not I want to see it because
1: I didn't hate it. I I, I liked uh, I liked a lot.
2: Well, of it. I'm I'm just one person, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people. What's 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 more interesting is you sort of look at like the male female critic divide, and like mm. the female the major female critics do not like that movie, but a lot of the men do. Um,
1: well, it's a big it's a big Bechdel <laughs> fail, which,
2: which I understand <laughs> having seen the movie. I I completely get why. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean Mark Wahlberg was funny. It's always great to see Michael K. Williams. Yeah. John Goodman is pretty hilarious in his I'm, moments.
0: Oddly enough, the thing that I'm exci- I'm excited to see John Goodman doing William Monaghan mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah, he handles Are it you pretty a well. William
1: Monahan fan?
0: No, okay, good. <laughs> but he but there's a certain type. but he does have a st- a certain type of flair that I would that I'm not opposed to watching certain actors do something with. And I think John Goodman is a, is a nuanced enough actor that he can overplay things while underplaying them at the same time. Um, and also I'll agree with, yeah, for like the reasons that I don't like William Monaghan, I could see them. That being why a lot of female critics don't care. Yeah, for him. He just, he doesn't seem that interested. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, that like, if that's, if you're just, interested in that, you. yeah, if that's yeah. what you want to be, that's He's fine. He's like
2: an epizolotto. Right. true detective
1: uh yeah we, we got into a big discussion on this show about that uh, um, we sure did
2: um i'm sure that was fun were you, <laughs> you were gonna ask about captain america when it's i like so? sure
1: was oh i have uh nothing to say i didn't see it okay I, hear it, I, hear it like it. I haven't seen a marvel movie since the avengers i haven't seen a superhero movie since man of steel i think I'm, i just got kind of burnt out on the whole okay, thing that's
2: understandable but
1: everyone tells me Winter Soldier is up my alley and I should watch it.
0: Well, because it doesn't feel like a superhero movie. At least I don't think so.
2: Yeah. Well, it's... I've, I've said to people sort of Captain America, the movies that Captain America are in are really, really interesting because he's so just out of time mm-hmm. and like out of... It, he's so different from other things that are happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So like the first movie, we go back to World War II and so now we have a World War II superhero film and this one When a Soldier is like a Cold War era yeah. movie but set in the modern day and so it's really 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 interesting in the act the Rousseau brothers I didn't know that they had it in them to direct that kind of action like the, the action is really really crisp and clear and that's yeah. that's one of my pet peeves in these big budget movies like Transformers is that like they just sh- shoot a lot and like quick cuts and it's like that's not helping us sell the fight um, but they, they do really like the, the battles between Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan yeah. are insane. So it, it's definitely, but yeah, it's just like, Captain America is really interesting because they can tell these different types of like war stories. And then he's still out of time. Like, yes, he's adapted to the modern day and he was just in the Avengers, but like now he's working for shield. Like why <laughs> Captain America working for shield is already an interesting start to a, yeah. a film. And then you add in sort of cold war elements to it. And, and it really took off for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the things uh, the idea of Captain America he's why is he working for Shield and it, I think it's because where else is he going to go? Yeah. Like he doesn't know anybody like he does feel very he is a he is inherently stable but I think he often feels unstable or just or unsteady. Yeah. Um and uh and I will say that like you said the action in a time when action seems to get, be getting more and more epic, one of my mm-hmm. favorite action sequences happens in an elevator. Oh yeah. That Isn't scene that great. scene great. Yeah. I um, saw that
1: one at Comic-Con. Oh, you did a
2: couple years ago. Yeah, okay. it, <clears throat> and there's such a nice, le- just a mm, quiet lead up to yeah. more people get on <laughs> the, the way, elevator. The way they built it up is yeah. great. Yeah. And I, I definitely thought that that it was sort of the, the best scripted. Like there, there is one particular issue that I have with the movie, but I won't spoil it for you. Um, that it gets a little too talky at one particular moment. Yeah. But like, other than that, and that's where the
0: cold war thriller thing comes. Yeah. In, Cause you got to have somebody who's,
2: yeah. You know, you got to have a villain monologuing. It wouldn't be, but which monologue are you talking about? I'm talking about? They, they went to the the old army base.
0: I love that though. Yeah, like, it's every... If
2: you're going to do exposition, that's how you do yeah. it. It's, it's very expositional. Um, I still loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I just enjoy that. And that also shows what happens when you have, like good actors and like that can balance well off of each other. Cause yeah. like the triumphant of Chris Evans, Anthony Mackie and Scarlett Johansson is such a great center yeah, uh, for that film. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting cause I mean, I
0: enjoyed guardians of the galaxy like mm-hmm. everybody else did. Although no, sorry, that's not true. I did not enjoy it as, as much <laughs> as everybody else did, but I still liked mm-hmm. it. But yeah, everyone was talking about it because I guess the tone is more novel than most superhero movies mm-hmm. and maybe a bit refreshing. But I do think Captain America, I think it's a better film. And I yeah. think I liked X-Men more, too.
2: I rewatched Guardians uh, <coughs> the other day. It' still good, mm-hmm. but not quite as good as the first time seeing it in like a movie theater.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but Winter Soldier, I, I have to have watched that about 10 times. <laughs> oh, wow. This year, Yeah. I mean, it's just because it's an easy it's. Like, I don't mean to downplay it by saying it's like an easy movie to watch, but it's, a, it's an easy movie to get back into and you discover mm. like new things and you enjoy it. That's my same way with The Avengers. I think Marvel has sort of cornered that market of yeah. like a movie that you can just throw on at any time with anybody and it'll go down well. And someone, in
1: those 10 times you watched The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. how many times did you live tweet? That experience.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't think I've I (laughs) live tweeted any I think I've live tweeted parts. Okay. (laughs) Or I've made a comment about parts, so like uh the I'm with you to the end of the line Mm. moment uh is particularly (laughs) particularly strong or commenting about like the fight scenes. Uh but yeah, no live tweets of maybe I should do that. I've seen it I've seen it enough that I know. Like
1: get me to watch it. Ten times. I'll follow along with
2: you. Something like it's probably less, but <laughs> <laughs> now I know that some people would
0: say because the way you just described Marvel is is a way that I probably would as well. And I think I know I think some people would say that that level of accessibility—you mm-hmm. can watch it any time with anybody—that yeah. some people would view that as a flaw in 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 the way that Marvel uh, mm-hmm. kind of sands off the edges so that yeah. you feel like
1: lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LCD
0: for well, short. Oh. <laughs>
2: That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I, think I, I ever realized that. <laughs> um I I don't see it as a flaw. I mean if if a movie is good, it should be for any and everybody and you should be able to watch it whenever. Like if if you really like a movie, you should be able to just put it on. Like but there are some movies like Shame, for example. Shame is a great movie, but I, I, I will never sit through that again. Um I couldn't like one time was enough with that. But with Marvel, I think people make too little out of actual audience enjoyment of a film. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not even talking about box office, just audiences going into a movie and liking it because isn't that what they're being made for? Like for you to go to want to go see the movie and enjoy it. Even, I mean, Marvel movies make me think I can go back into avengers which i've seen 50 million times and pinpoint specific things especially as a filmmaker i'm like okay this is how they did that shot or i wonder how they did this and this is how they introduced the characters and especially with like winter soldier you're like okay how are we going to sell some dude with a metallic arm and this relationship and bringing back all of these things that are they're like 50 years removed from when all of that was going down and so yeah i mean I, i don't I definitely think like you should be able to go, <laughs> go in and to enjoy a movie. Uh, like yeah. people went into the dark night and was Christopher Nolan's sort of franchise, not audience, uh, enjoyment. People went into those and they liked them. Yeah. Well, it's okay. But you're, I, you're talking about, you want like, I think that movies can op- operate on different levels. Right. Um, some are more cerebral. Like some are, you, you think about like the plot and the story structure a lot and the themes, some you enjoy because the acting is so great that's or the visuals are good that's probably why winter soldier is up chris evans is my favorite avenger um avenger actor um and so anytime he's in a movie i i enjoy it so i just think like movies but above all like you should like the movie like Mm -hmm. the movie should be presenting something to you in that you like it and enjoy it um as opposed to just going in and be like, oh, that was really weird, and it made me think, but I didn't really like it too much. Like, I, you don't want to sit through those. Well, that's you know, <laughs> I don't that's, like sitting through those.
0: That's one of the reasons why, for myself,
2: I, I can acknowledge
0: the 2001 A Space Odyssey as, a, as an amazing film, mm-hmm. and it, and I can appreciate and I can appreciate the achievement, but I don't enjoy it that much. I don't feel remarkably yeah. emotionally engaged by it, and not every film is meant. To, I don't think every film is meant to engage emotionally mm-hmm. uh but that is how i am most often engaged and so it's not necessarily i don't think it's necessarily a fault of the film yeah um but yeah then there's a lot of people that say that like that you can't some, some of our own uh writers and stuff have said that like the idea of appreciating something but not liking, and they're like, "That's impossible. You can't."
2: Yeah, that's tough for me. It. That's kind of like a best versus favorite argument um, yeah. that I get into with one particular writer at award circuit all the time because I don't make a distinction between best and favorite. Hmm. Um, I think if it's your favorite movie, then it's the best because it's operating on a level that other movies in that year are not um, to you personally. And and Marvel definitely. I mean, The Avengers is one of those. Movies that I'm sure I don't know how many people were, it was in my top 10, uh, in 2012, but I don't know how many people would offer that up to you as the best. But I'm like, if you're constantly rewatching a movie or you're constantly thinking about it in some way, then, uh, then that's a win. And I think yeah. that, I
1: think I'm coming around to that. One yeah. Thing. I think years ago I would have said something different. I probably have said something different on this podcast before, but I'm always, we're yeah. always changing and growing. You're, you're right?
2: talking about
0: best and different, uh, best, 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 best and f- favorite. I, yeah.
1: I'm, at this yeah. point, I think that they are, uh, Pretty, they are the same for me.
0: Yeah, and with uh, Marvel, they are not for me. But that's because I'm pointing the finger at myself and saying, like, <laughs> who the hell am I? Yeah. Uh, because usually, uh, if a movie is is my favorite, it's because it has it tends to have themes that resonate very mm-hmm. deeply with me. Yeah. For very personal reasons, yes. and I feel like for me to say that's the best, that's almost like me saying. Well, certainly, it has to hit everybody this way yeah. right um, well that's, it's right, that's it's an individual 10 million critics yeah, 10 yeah, a
1: yeah. people making top ten lists, yeah, this is yours, so it maybe should reflect
0: yeah, and yeah, I because
1: so. you know the um i I do normally go for stuff that's a little more cerebral or a little mm. more uh innovative or formally you know challenging, but my currently the number one movie of twenty fourteen on my list is Selma, which is a pretty conventional story and an incredibly emotional one. Mm -hmm. And that's how I reacted to it. And I don't have any guilt about uh, like saying that I should like, I don't think I should put a disclaimer and saying this might not hit you the way it hit me, but I I had an incredibly emotional reaction to Selma. And so it's uh it's my number one.
2: And I think with, with Marvel, it's just really interesting because they're making movies differently than everybody else's. If you look at like the slate, like they, a lot of the superhero properties sort of want to do away with, being tied to a comic book and it's like people like comic books for a reason like comic books allowed people to explore different things. And it's part of what disappointed me about some of the X-Men movies um, in that like sort of the theme about being the other and the sort of the space uh, sort of gets pushed a little to the side in favor of like just big set pieces. Um, And yeah, I just think Marvel they're just making movies differently than, than other people. And now you're seeing like all these big studios trying to copy the cinematic universe mm-hmm. formula. They're trying to do it their own way, and it remains to be seen whether they will succeed or not. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I really like Marvel films. Mm-hmm. There are some that are not good. <laughs> uh Thor two is not my favorite. <laughs> um
1: who'd wrote that one?
2: I Ellen don't. Taylor yeah the he yeah. directs a lot of tv right game of thrones yeah that one um
1: are not are, are you what, what are your feelings about ant-man are you excited or are you
2: i off by the i'm anticipating it if only because i want to see what all the trouble was for <laughs> uh-huh. as terrible as that may sound like why did edgar wright leave um and sort of what is the movie going to look like now that he's not there and they're shooting in Atlanta, which is where I went to undergrad. Uh, my undergrad is in Atlanta. So I'm excited to see, to see that. But just, yeah, like how, how are you going to sell me a dude turning into an ant? Yeah. Like those, uh, those are the things the dude that going is to Paul Rudd. Yes. so Paul Rudd. How are you going to sell me Paul Rudd turning and into And maybe Michael man? Douglas and Corey Stoll turning into a yellow jacket. I don't know whether he's literally turning into a yellow jacket. That would be great. <laughs>
1: But, so are you familiar with the source material then
2: uh no i just went to uh, okay. i heard at comic-con that that's who he was playing and i was like oh that's yay for more courts stole i don't really know who that who the character is but that'll be great <laughs> uh, i feel like marvel doesn't do
0: great with a lot of their villains i feel like that's why loki has been the villain in three
2: that's films. that's their one that's sort of like their one fault if yeah. i had any is that but they just don't have like dc has <clears throat> the villains yeah um all of the great ones that everybody really, really likes and Marvel sort of in splitting off its properties in order to get out of bankruptcy and coming back sort of split out the interesting villains. Like all the interesting villains are in the X-Men and Spider-Man universes. Yeah. Uh, Not in the Avengers.
0: Yeah. I feel like, I mean, they did Loki well. I think they did Red Skull pretty well too. Yeah. I enjoyed Red Skull. And then, Again, I, I always appreciate and I've liked the way that the, I liked what they, how they handled the Mandarin, but had they, yeah, pl- that had they played that, <laughs> had they played that straight with the Ben, with Ben Kingsley playing him that way. And they wrote him that way. I think it would have been great. Like yeah. if they had, if they had not undercut that at all and just went and said, this is the Mandarin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I think he would have been like one of the strongest. I would. Have, it would have been interesting to see the Avengers fight against that guy.
2: Probably one of my favorite moments of movies last year. It's a, it's a <laughs> pretty real, Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I agree. I think that's the one, and I don't really know how Marvel plans to rectify that until they get to sort of the <clears throat> Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, time because it's like, oh, Thor is a god. Like he'll be fine, and Captain America can heal, and he'll be fine. And it's like you really. With villains, you you have to find somebody who's evenly matched with the character, either in intelligence or in strength. Um, it's part of why Heath Legend Joker works so well against Christian Bale's Batman, because like Batman is smart and he's like this brute force, and here you have this guy who isn't really a brute force; he's just nothing but crazy intelligence. Mm-hmm. And even though I have di- to it- differing feelings on the Dark Knight, than most people like that central relationship is
1: I, well, I is uh, great. I disagree a little bit with you. Characterizing that Bruce Wayne as being uh-huh. smart, because I not that he's dumb, uh-huh. but he's uh, I'm far from the only person to have ever made this complaint. But the 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 Batman of the Christopher Nolan movies is doesn't really do any detective work. Very like, true. That part of it doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. uh, someone. One of the there was a panel at Comic Con last year um, about uh, that was people who had written Batman comics through the through the ages um, in the eighties and nineties, I think was the ones the, they did multiple panels. It's not important. Um, but one of them, one of them said, and I think this is really apt that Christian Bale's Batman is essentially just James Bond. He's like got a lot of money and a lot of gadgets, but he's not a detective hmm. the way Batman is supposed to be.
2: I could see, yeah, I could see that. I'm, I'm just talking about like on sheer intelligence because he did rig up the whole take Lucius Fox's sort of cell phone technology and blow right. it up to a massive scale. And, um, but yeah the dc has all of the good all of the good villains um they can make suicide squad i think will be way better than sinister six by virtue ver-
0: are they still doing sinister six like i know sony uh, uh, kind of
2: cooling on the whole spider-man thing i wish they would sony would just let the rights revert back to marvel i know they won't ever do that we'll get a reboot every 10 years That's before that happens
1: sony continues to exist
2: yeah very true Fair yeah <laughs>
0: Maybe they'll sell Spider Man and be like, we'll take whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sell them for a song at this point.
1: All right. Well, uh, on that note, um, we should probably wrap up. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, and that's without the initial Fair enough. recording as well. Yes, so it's uh,
2: fine.
1: Um, thank you for being here. This Don't is a lot know. Of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, you can find, you listeners can find us at battleshippretention.com. That's where our, this podcast is, and all the other podcasts, and the fleet, and all of our uh, movie reviews this week. Well, our big, you know, we had a big week of reviews leading up to Christmas because everything comes out on Christmas. Yeah, but now, it does. <laughs> uh, I will be reviewing the Russian film Leviathan, which is the uh, Russia's entry for uh, the Academy Awards. I, I know that will be up this week. I'm not sure what else. Um, you can email us at David at com or Tyler at com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at ThePretension. Follow Tyler at TylerPretention. Um, My podcast is called Hey, Watch This. We're taking the week off. Uh, Your other podcast is called More Than One Lesson. Uh, Anything
0: interesting going on this week? Mm, Not particularly. Uh, If you want to go back, (laughs) uh, we did do an episode about (laughs) uh, Exodus, Gods, and Kings. That's a couple weeks old now.
1: Okay, yeah. If you want to go back to our Christmas episode of Hey, Watch This, we talked about uh, the Great West Wing episode in Excelsis Deo. And I'm so glad Paul assigned me to watch a Laverne and Shirley Christmas episode called Christmas Eve and the Booby Hatch, which was fantastic. Really I would watch I want to make it a Christmas tradition out of watching that episode because it's so much fun. All right. Um Terrence, where can people find you and your work on the
2: internet? Uh well you can find me on Twitter, live tweeting and yelling various <laughs> things <laughs> at Lenoir Tour. L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. Um and Lenoir is my blog and also at award circuit where I am on the podcast. Where we power hour, where we talk about all the award season race and movies and TV and random stuff Um, and see my Oscar predictions over there. So
0: I'm very excited about uh, uh, anything awards and Mm -hmm. especially this year, where only now has like a frontrunner started to emerge, but for for, like months, it was an absolute free for all.
1: You're saying for best picture?
0: For best picture. What is the frontrunner? Boyhood. Boyhood? Yeah. Um, But for a while, for a while, like. A lot of people are saying like, yeah, yeah, it'll get the critics awards, but that's it.
2: Yeah. Um, it'll but, be interesting to see because there, there are big movies in, in the race. I mean, Selma and Imitation Game are sitting right there. Yeah. Um, if, if Boyhood wins the Globes, I would, I would probably book that because that, that seems like a place where a lot of the bigger movies tend to win. So if, well, if something small wins there.
1: You know, Tyler and I, Tyler started this thing. A lot of his friends and mm-hmm. I, uh, I, this is the first year I've done it. Do Instead of fantasy sports, they do fantasy awards, where yes. before the awards start to get announced, they all we all pick our like things for each category. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing very well, or You're it was th- up until recently. I think I've fallen to third. I was yeah. in the lead in our group. But you mentioned the Imitation Game doing well. Morton Tilden, as director, has gotten nothing. Absolutely and that's nothing. Because, I know that because I have him <laughs> as my director pick.
0: <laughs> but that, had, that, adapted, from that, guy. that adapted screenplay is doing all right. <laughs> yeah,
1: So... Uh, and Keira Knightley, uh, I have Keira Knightley for supporting actress in my. That's in, getting in you my some team. points. She, yeah, she's got me some yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, but definitely, yeah. I have Boyhood. I have uh, Ethan Hawke for supporting actor, and I have editing for Boyhood, and those have gotten me plenty of points. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know why I waited until your third year. To join in on this uh, this fantasy uh, awards race, but it's a lot of fun.
0: The damnedest thing, though, is that every year it comes down to Scott and Dan, and I don't know why. Like yeah, I guess Dan, good. I mean, you met Dan; he's an idiot. I mean, I, I absolutely <laughs> hate him, and I know I say that because I know he's listening, and he's just the worst.
1: Okay, well, this is a conversation for off mic. <laughs> I disagree. Um, I think Dan, you're the worst. Um, but yeah, Terrence, next year before we do the draft, I'm gonna start reading your predictions
0: I okay mean, oh. <laughs> yeah. maybe we could invite him into the draft
2: and you could beat us all
1: oh yeah
0: someone someone's so, got to take down this guy dan yeah this damn guy yeah He's i did i, I went 21
2: for 24 uh this past year with my oscar predictions. so
0: oh i feel like we need to have you back and talk only about awards stuff
2: i i let's do it let's do it okay all right. i'm free
0: thanks for being here <laughs> awesome this is a blast thank you at home for listening we'll get you next time bye bye